Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor.fm, the absolute best and easiest way to host your podcast and get paid for it by running ads just like these. And take it from me, I've hosted at least seven of my podcasts on Anchor.fm. I recommend it to every show on our network. And other hosts are going to charge you upwards of $100 every year just to run your podcast on their host. Anchor.fm does it for free. So go check out Anchor.fm for more information. Robots Radio presents... The Cyberpunk Lorecast. Welcome to the Cyberpunk Lorecast, where style is just as important as substance. Welcome to the podcast where we explore the lore, news, and gameplay of the Cyberpunk games and other dystopian worlds. I'm your host, Robot. Going somewhere? Adam's voice cuts through the silent offices like a bullet crack. Someone screams, Cover! as machine gun and shotgun fire from Arasaka troopers spray through the narrow hallway, cutting three of the team's spec ops troops in half. Spider scrambles behind a heavy pillar as Rogue and Johnny take up positions behind office furniture, wholly inadequate to the job of stopping heavy fire. Spider watches Shaitan simply fade into near invisibility against a wall. Rogue pops off a burst from her rifle, then fires two grenades. The Aras seem to want the lab intact and aren't using heavy weapons. Team Alpha is under no such constraint. Shaitan fires off blast after blast from the portable cannon he calls a shotgun, but is tagged by an autogun burst that sends him rolling. People on both sides spasm and fall as high-velocity death fills the entire floor of the building. Somewhere, Spider hears Thompson scream in pain. Things are bad. There are too damn many of them, plus that Borg. Time to make a decision. Bullets chip at her cover while she hurriedly links her cyberdeck into the heavy suitcase memory stash carrying alt. No time to double check. No time to confirm links or space available. She launches herself into the net, dragging the linked icons that represent alt's personality, memories, and whatever else is in there that makes her different from an expert system. All alt has, she thinks to herself, it's a hope and a prayer. Here goes nothing. With a virtual toss, Spider fires the various portions of Alt out into the net, tagging them with a marker so that she can maybe retrieve them someday, and if she gets lucky enough, re-res them back into her second best. Now first best friend. On the other side of the room, Johnny crouches under a desk fighting with his past between bursts of gunfire. I left Alt last time. Just abandoned her. Not again. Not ever. Better to burn out, says the hand. Yeah, he says to himself, and he knows what he has to do. 
Spider spends just a few seconds in the net, an eternity and never enough time. She comes back to find her cover still getting powdered, although the cacophony has diminished. She sees Rogue discarding her empty rifle and pulling two heavy pistols. Spider draws her own flechette pistols, its heavy weight somehow comforting it in her hand. Suddenly, Johnny's voice rings out, not in song, but in challenge. Hey, Steelhead, let's rock and roll. Johnny is standing in plain sight, a Militech SMG in one hand, the Malorian in the other. He begins pumping out rounds at Adam. Adam Smasher turns, but hesitates, astonished at the audacity of the rocker boy challenging him with weapons that won't even crease his armor. An arm comes up, the auto shotgun in it opens fire. APDS rounds cut the young rocker in half. Johnny spins and falls to the ground. A surprised look on his face, the Malorian still smoking in his fist. It only takes a second. But a second is all that Shaitan needs. He suddenly seems to emerge from the wall behind Adam and grapples with him. Seeing an opening, Rogue and Spider react as one. Rogue stands, bullets streaming from her pistols like tears, raking down Arasaka troopers. Spider sits up and fires, picking Ara targets and putting them down, one shot after another. It's all just a vsim, she says. Just a game. Just a game. Just a game. Adam lurches around, but Shaitan's grip is that of desperation. Spider sees that Shaitan's right arm hangs shattered and limp at his side, blasted by a grenade. It's only a matter of seconds before Adam gets free and takes them all down. Get out of here! I've got him! Shaitan's hollow voice bellows at the two women. The rest of the Aras are down, but so are the Spec Ops. Rogue, Spider, and a crippled Thompson are alone with the two battling Borgs. They can hear more soldiers coming. They know they have no choice. As Spider moves the rocker boy's mangled form, Rogue grabs her arm, her hard eyes boring into Spider's own. Johnny's dead, Spider. Help me get Thompson out of here. Rogue's eyes speak of certainty and incredible pain, all slammed away behind an iron will to survive. Keep the meat baggage light, Rach used to say. Spider reaches for the data suitcase, but sees that it too has been savaged by gunfire. It's wrecked. She quietly wishes Alt good luck. Spider, now! But Johnny will be avenged, Spider thinks to herself as she and Rogue drag the wounded Thompson to the elevator. She softly touches the data chips in her pocket. And so will Rach. This is the climactic event that we probably are most interested in when it comes to Cyberpunk 2077. Because this is the moment of Johnny's death. At least according to the Firestorm Shockwave 
book, Cyberpunk 2020, Firestorm Shockwave, The Fourth Corporate War, book two. And this book is is dense. There is a lot in here. 160 some pages of story, characters, gear. There's a lot that I could dive into. And, and I'm definitely going to hit up a lot of this stuff in the future. Some of you guys have been asking for more details about some of the technology, some of the augments, some of the the gear. There's even suits, mechanical suits that soldiers wear in this book in detail. And I'm definitely going to get to that in the future. But before we get there, I feel the need to answer some of the people questions. That's why I've been digging into the backgrounds of the people behind these major corporations. And we also have people like Johnny Silverhand. Of course, he is a main character and he's going to be a main character or at least a character in your head, a program in your brain. We don't really know yet, but somebody that will be important in 2077 and somebody who has been important in the games and in the stories so far along with his team and this book talks about their assault on Arasaka and you can play through it that's why these books are there you can role play some of these events if you want and in doing the research for this and in looking at some of the things that have been revealed about 2077 one of the characters that came out that showed up that i didn't really know a ton about at the time when i saw the reveal was adam smasher adam smasher and think about the night city wire the first one you see a full borg a very tall menacing almost darth vader-esque without his helmet on character walking down the hallways of arasaka adam smasher is the adam referred to in the segment i read at the beginning he is full borg and there's a reason for that According to the fandom.com wiki, and the wikis, as far as I know, as far as I've been able to confirm, pull a lot of this text directly from the book. So they're good places to go for a consolidated amount of information uh, because some of these books are very long. So I'm just going to pull for that for this specific section of this episode. It says here in the overview section, a full-fledged cyborg with little humanity left to be seen. He is the rival of Morgan Blackhand, who was one of the Johnny Silverhand's gang, and dealt the killing blow to Johnny Silverhand with a shotgun. He tore him in half. Adam was given a choice by Arasaka after being reduced to mush by a trip mine. Either pull the plug or become a full-body cyborg. With little to no options and a lack of care for his human side, he agreed and became more machine than man. Adam has no empathy for people or even his fellow employees. Sounds like he fits right in. Arasaka kept him alive, so he lives to repay their kind deeds to him by killing the enemies of the corporation. Let me repeat that last line. By killing the enemies of the corporation. How much do you want to bet in Cyberpunk 2077 we end up an enemy of the Arasaka Corporation? And if that's the case, how much do you want to bet Adam Smasher isn't one of the main villains or boss fights that we have to go up against? And let that beginning passage resonate with you. Let it sink in. 
he was too much for their entire party to go up against. They had a diverse group of individuals and and a full Borg on their side as well. And they went up against Adam Smasher and some other soldiers and they were torn to bits. And we are going we are going to get to experience that in the game. This it's almost gives me chills. Something about this. If I'm one of the people behind the designing of this game, then you know if we're going to go up against Adam Smasher in this game. And as I've speculated, we have Johnny Silverhand as a as a memory, a chip, or something in our in our heads talking to us that there is going to be some sort of vengeance redemption something something is going to go on here where you are able to fulfill the things that johnny never could in his own life and i'm just i'm just projecting this i'm just i don't know how the story is going to play out but it seems to me that that would be an amazing way to wrap this story together especially through your character v so let's go a little bit more into who Adam Smasher is. Um, Adam Smasher was a fairly typical punk, a worthless New York mook who moved into the army when they wiped out his gang. After several years in uniform, he was discharged for bad conduct and took up being a contract gun boy in New York. So even from an early point in his life, very little regard for other humans, gang member, soldier, all of that kind of stuff. It was a good life for Adam. His lack of squeamishness and sadistic thoroughness brought in enough jobs to keep him in guns, gear, drugs, and brutal one-night stands. He sounds like somebody who, even before he went full Borg, was a psychopath. Somebody who lacked empathy. But he finally went on that one job where everything fell apart. A couple of rockets turned him into meatloaf. Now, there's... The exact text that comes from Solo of Fortune 2, which is one of the Cyberpunk 2020 books, and it, there's actually a, an article here written by Adam Smasher, supposedly, called Destroy All Flesh, a meat, or I'm sorry, a metalhead solo speaks his transplanted mind. And the, the pertinent section of this is a paragraph that says, extractions, assassinations, harassment, and demolitions jobs came and went and I made some good euro but I didn't realize that my bones and muscles were holding me back not until that corporate reverse engineering op see some bigwig corp who will remain anonymous you know the drill had hired me and a couple other pros to snatch a prototype gizmo from a competitor I must have fired off 300 rounds of 7.62 during that op, but a couple of well-placed RPGA warheads kind of put a damper on an otherwise profitable job. So that's the specific description of what happened that I can find. Um, there's no no sign of trip mines in here. I don't know where the wiki got that, but they might be referencing a different book. But this is what I was able to find so far. So either way, he was turned into meatloaf and i don't mean i would do anything for love and that's why I'm, i don't have a singing career uh not that meatloaf like actual like 
you know, just meat exploded on the ground, that kind of thing. His, uh, <laughs> please excuse the singing. His buddies backpacked what was left of him out of the zone and back to the Big Apple. A mysterious corporate benefactor took note and made him the classic offer he couldn't refuse. Corporate service in a metal body or death. As if thoughts of lost humanity would bother Adam because they don't. Seven years later since then, the new Atom Smasher, Cyborg, had made quite a name for himself along the eastern seaboard. He hired out for almost any mission presented to him, as long as it wasn't an obvious suicide or double cross. He does have one stipulation. Collateral damage and civilian casualties are a must. He had developed a quiet rivalry with Morgan Blackhand along the way, seeing the classic solo as a threat to his metal is better than meat worldview. Do you see this, how this works? Solo, human, up, up against a basically complete cyborg, no longer human. Yeah. Adam has repeatedly tried to challenge him to a face-off, but Morgan has only ignored him. Naturally, this snubbing has simply stoked the cyborg's psychopathic rage higher. Meanwhile, his secret benefactors have allowed him time for freelancing. He had changed with the war. Now, Adam is somewhat fully employed by his patrons, who turn out to be a branch of Arisako's security. All this is fine with him, especially since he knows that Morgan is currently working for Militech. And that's where things leave off. And I guess the rest is not history. It's in the future because we haven't played the game yet. But I guess we're going to find out. So after the quick little break we're going to take right now, we're going to talk about his cyberware and what kinds of armaments he might have on him, at least according to what I can find so far. Stay tuned. Hoy there, ye landlubbers. Avast, my name is Captain Logan, and I'll be your guide out on the Sea of Thieves. If you love the idea of stealing treasure, cutting down cursed skeletons, fighting off krakens, and raiding forts filled to the brim with shinies, then Sea of Thieves is the game for you. Join me each week as I dive into the news and bring back the nuggets of information that any sailor worth their weight in salt would desire. You don't have to be a pirate legend to gain access to my podcast. Just search for Keelhauled, a Sea of Thieves podcast in your podcast app of choice or head over to robotsradio.net or captainlogan.podbeam.com and get ready to set sail for adventure. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
All right, Cyberpunks, welcome to the middle of the episode. I'm your host, as usual, Tom or Robots, and thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the show, for sharing it with your friends, and for our patrons for supporting us. I haven't called you guys out in a while, so you know what? I'm just going to call out all of our patrons to make sure everybody gets recognized for helping support the show. So first we have Frederick T, excuse me, Frederick T, uh, Kather N, Slade S, Eric M, and Coffeeberry. Thank you to all of our patrons. The Patreon hasn't been around very long, but we already have five patrons, and you can sign up at patreon.com slash cyberpunk lorecast, and, or just, you know, click in the show notes, you'll find it, and you can sign up for $3 a month, or pay what you want more than that, if you want to submit more money in order to help me keep doing this then that would be absolutely amazing and if you just want to pay three dollars you still get everything so go check out all the rewards that you can get for doing that thank you again to all of our patrons also the show is supported by loot crate and gamefly and if you're looking to not have ads then go check out the patreon um but if you are looking to get 15 percent off of a loot crate order or purchase then you can click the link in the show notes make sure you use our link in the show notes so they know we sent you and the code robots radio to get 15 percent off it's all in the show notes or if you want to get a deal on gamefly and rent some games or maybe rent cyberpunk when it comes out cyberpunk 2077 then right now you can get two months for the price of one so for only ten dollars you get 60 days of rentals free delivery you can keep it as long as you want you can send it back only 10 bucks click the link in the show notes to make sure you get the deal and enjoy whatever you guys end up renting let me know how that goes all right let's get back to the show So if you haven't seen the footage, then go look it up. Just search Adam Smasher. You'll find pictures of him. He is one intimidating mofo. Let's just say mofo. I think that's a pretty good, pretty good term. The only part of his body that looks like it has human flesh left is his face. That's about it. Everything else is robotic. He has a black frame. He has sinuous, what looked like muscly wires in his biceps and in his core. Big metal plates for armor and all sorts of electronics. And I'm sure sure gadgets and things plugged into this metallic body. His eyes are completely covered and glowing. And the majority of the rest of his head is cybernetic and specifically the cyber gear that he has the cyberware that he has right now or at least as far as we know according to this wiki and again i'm not 100 percent sure where they're getting the information from this for the wiki i'm guessing somebody was able to pull this information from somewhere but let's just go through it he has a full cyborg body like i noted two sets of interface plugs chip slot pain editors so imagine not being able to feel pain when you get shot, right? Uh, link set. So smart gun, vehicle, data, optics suite, which includes low light, thermograph, time square plus, targeting scope, and anti-dazzle, cyber audio, which includes radio, tight beam radio, and cellular links with scrambler, scanner, enhanced ranged, amplified hearing, sound editor, and level damper. 
Wolvers in both arms, quick change mounts, radiation shielding, biopod, and he's built from the heavily modified Samson frame and typically wears SP-20 armored coveralls when he's on the job, giving him a total SP of 42. He is one tough mofo. That's just that's just what I'm calling it right now. And that's a weird, weird phrase to come out of my mouth, but we're just going to go with it. So let's go into a little bit more detail about some of these parts, because I'm sure some of them are things that you may not be familiar with. So let's just start with the Times Square Plus. That is a rolling data feed out in your vision. So think about um, something like the Terminator with the the text that kind of comes up and rolls through and, and shows information. That's what that is. And most of the other items listed other than the Wolvers are probably pretty intuitive. Things like um, interface plugs, uh, a smart gun, vehicle data, uh, link sets so that you can link to those things. Um, Optic suites, so including the Times Square Plus, but like low light thermograph, uh, be able, be able, being able to see in low light, being able to see heat signatures, things like that, different ways of interfacing with radio, scrambling radio, uh, being able to hear things or dampen sound. All of that kind of stuff seems pretty intuitive if you aren't familiar with this stuff in the game. But Wolvers, you may be wondering what Wolvers are. So let's read the description here. Wolvers, the longest and deadliest of the implanted blades. Wolvers are implanted along the back of the hand. When the hand is clenched in a fist, the thin triangular blades telescope and lock into place, remaining extended a full foot until the hand is relaxed. So think Wolverine. <laughs> You clench the fists, the blades come out. Uh, damage is 3d6 per hand. Treat as edged weapons for AP purposes. The other thing that you might be wondering about is the SP amount, 42. What does that actually mean? So SP itself stands for stopping power. That is the ability of the armor to actually stop damage. It, so that number is subtracted by the amount of damage done by the hit. So in the story at the beginning of the episode, when it talks about Johnny uh, holding up his guns and shooting at Adam Smasher and Adam Smasher knowing that they're not even going to dent his armor, that's because he has such a high level of armor that that would be subtracted from the gun's damage. So if the guns did even 20 damage with an armor of 42, that means no damage gets through. So let me just give you some examples of other armors that you can equip in the game in order for you to have an understanding of how much armor 42 actually is. So a heavy leather jacket or pants has an SP of four. That's considered light. Going up from there, you have Kevlar clothing at five. A Kevlar suit is 10. A vest is 10, a Kevlar vest. Kevlar armor jacket is 14 if it's light, 18 if, if it's medium, and 20 if it's heavy. So we're getting closer. A helmet, if it's nylon, is 14. If it's steel, it's 20. A flak vest and pants is heavy at 20. The door gunner's vest is 25. And metal gear itself, like metal gear, bulky, modular metal arms and leg covering, torso, back, clamshell, that kind of thing is 25 that's where it tops out those are the armors that you could wear he has inherently like double 
any of this stuff. He he himself has an armor <laughs> level, and then on top of that, he can wear armor on top of that. So that's what we're dealing with with Adam Smasher. So, yeah, formidable guy, probably a boss character. This is going to be an amazing part of the game for sure. So hope you guys have enjoyed the episode, and uh, until we talk next time... Be careful about those rockets out there blowing your body to bits. Unless, of course, you know, you want to go full Borg. Some of you guys actually responded that you would on one of my polls on Twitter. So um, maybe there's more of you out there than I originally thought. All right, guys, I'll talk to you next time. Stay safe in Night City. See you later. Thanks for tuning in to the Cyberpunk Lorecast. This show is a part of the Robots Radio Network, smart podcasts for interesting people. If you'd like to help support the show, please tell a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. If you'd like to get in contact, please send an email to cyberpunklorecast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at cyberpunklore. Also, join the community on the Robots Radio Discord. The link is in the show notes. The music on the show was written and performed by The Midnight and was used with their permission. Go check them out at themidnightofficial.com. Until next time, stay safe in Night City. We'll talk to you later. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Are you an avid player of the Elder Scrolls Online and looking to take your game to that next level? Well, the Red Diamond Courier Podcast is here to help. I'm Bob Chichinsky. And I'm Dogbark24. We are two experienced players aiming to help others learn and improve through in-game knowledge and references. From PvE. To PvP. And everything in between. There's sure to be something for you in the Red Diamond Courier. We, we hope, hope you check, check us, us out. out. Thanks! Thanks. Are you a fan of Elden Ring? Are you confused about the lore as pretty much everyone else? We've got you covered. Check out the Elden Archives, a lore podcast that helps to explain every little confusing detail about the lands between. Things like what exactly happened on the Night of the Black Knives, or what we really know about characters like Nicola. Just like the show you're listening to now, we're on the Robots Radio Network, so you know it'll be good. Wondering how to find the show? Easy. Either go to robotsradio.net or search Elden Archives on whatever podcatcher you're using right now. Bookmark the show for later and we'll see you in the lands between. Again, that's The Elden Archives, a FromSoft Lorecast, available everywhere.